Welcome back, everyone. I know it's been a long time. I'm sorry. I apologize. A lot of there's a lot of good reasons. I had a kid. Okay, I had I had my first girl. I had a baby daughter, a tiny little creature. That's been crazy. Uh, a lot of other things, work stuff, kind of coming up and getting getting busy, personal stuff, and just just trying to take it easy. You know, trying to trying to every now and then just hopping off the the carousel of life. So I've been meaning to relate to, to release this episode. It was a recording of a live show we did, uh, or I did. Yeah, we did. Me and Tony Vicinda of the Threshold Podcast. That's threshold.fm. Uh, Tony runs a podcast where he talks to people about what they believe and all types of life. They could be Wiccan or Christian or atheist or whatever. He talks to them about their beliefs. And... Uh, we did a live podcast for no other reason than Tony was in town, and we wanted to try it and see if we could do it. So um, it was really cool. It was in two acts. Well, actually, there were two halves. There were like four acts, but two two halves to it. The first half was very the show style. I mean, it was very meandering and insecure and, and just very much like me. Uh, we uh, the, the theme of the show was transitions. It was a show about transitions. So we talk a little bit about transition. We have um, We have a musical act. We have some poetry, and then this, the second half, we have um, a priest come on, and a very interesting story. you got to listen to the second half of the show on Tony's podcast. Uh, this priest, we kind of talked through. I, I was there while Tony interviewed, and, we, and I asked some questions too, but we talked to this priest. Really crazy uh, conversion story and um, love story. He was married before he became a priest. His wife passed away. Just... Lots of um, really good conversation. It was uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, they have amazing alcoholic adult beverages at Small Brew Pub in Dallas. We got a cool little place in the backyard um, where we hung up like this weird sequin curtain with like glitter all over it, and we set up some chairs and talked. So um, this is what it is. Listen, to, I, th- I it was fun. Hopefully you get something out of it. I wanted to say we're going to be record. We got a lot of cool guests coming up that I'm very excited about. I just said cool as if I was a, a 70 year old man. I just said cool. Um, a lot of really great guests that I have coming like lined up. Um, hopefully those will be happening soon. Uh, I don't want to say anything yet. Some authors, some book authors, some strange people, some interesting people. Also, though, I am still uh, leave me a voicemail if you're listening to this. I don't know who is or who does or why uh, we're gonna why why would we keep doing this? But if you are listening, um, leave me a voice message eight one seven five two seven one four two three. I think that's the right number. It's in the description of the podcast. And I do I do these episodes every now and then where talk about things that are interesting to me and also play anything that's on my voicemail. Um, so leave me a message and we'll have that. So without further ado. This very strange uh, amount of time uh, where we did this thing live. It is what it, it, it's here. It is what it is. It's just it's a thing. You suck. You're the worst. All right, everyone. So here we go. We're gonna start the the part where. Welcome everyone to this thing out here on the porch. Introducing our first person, Tony Vicinda. Just give him a warm welcome. Here he is. And our next, hi. Our next person, Gabby B. Gabby Banzen. Gabby, Gabby B. Yes, that was wonderful. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know what we're doing here. And then also our act, our act two entertainment, our act one entertain, our closer, Anthony D'Ambrosio. He's so excited. Okay. I, I like how Gabby said as far away as possible from us. I, I, she's already disassociating. I'm really, really, very excited about this. Man. Are you regretting this hey, yet? I'm not regretting wow. this. I'm not regretting wow. this. This is great. Oh. I, I'm really glad we did this in uh, in Dallas, Texas, where I have a lot of family. Me too. This is Dallas, Texas. Here we are, here, outside, this live recording. 
My name is Tony Vicinda. This is Edmund Mitchell. Uh, I don't know if he introduced himself earlier. Edmund runs a, uh, a podcast called The Show with Edmund Mitchell. Um, yeah. And I run a podcast called The Threshold Podcast. And uh, uh, our, our, our musical entertainment for the night, uh, Levi Bowman, he asked me earlier uh, why we were doing this. And I said, because it seemed like a thing people do. Uh, people do live podcast shows. I think an inflated sense of self-importance, actually. That's I think. probably a big part of it. But it seems yeah. like a thing that important people do. And since we have yeah. an inflated sense of self Were you hugged a lot as a kid? Uh, by one of my parents. Okay. This seems um, like one of those hug... This like hug-seeking type. That's activity. true. I do want to. That's that's end of act three is just yeah. a lot of hugs. Uh, it's just a group hug process. I can be your Robin Williams if you be my Matt Damon. Where um, I just hold you like. Yeah, you in. hold me and tell me, and yeah. I cry, and it's a big ugly cry. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, so where'd that beer go? Stetson's not back yet. It takes a minute. Okay. To be, we're we're in the we're in the peak hours of business service. Right All right. Now. Well, be patient. You should have not. Gone this is one of those situations so where we have a microphone and no one can do anything about it. That's true. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. We're excited to be here. So the, the flow that Edmund doesn't have in front of him anymore is we'd come out and do something like what we just did. Uh, we'd talk about our shows. So Edmund, tell them a little bit about what your show is about. Um, I don't know. Normally. I'm not I'm not sure. I, uh, it's just like an inter like just talk to people, interview style show. It, it's actually one of the few things in my life that I'm not trying to monetize or... Like I have no, I have no reason for it. Right. It's just, yeah. is it, is it just kind of your place to process? No. Yeah, and cry. Right. Yeah, but also just, yeah. I, I think, again, not being hugged enough as a kid, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Your mom does online stock pretty much everything that you do. She does. My mom is. Every time I do something on the internet, my mom's like, "You're so witty and funny, Edmund. You're so great." <laughs> She's good at affirming you. Yeah. Publicly. Yeah. On That's the good. That's good. Not in private. No. No. So it's, it's kind of your pressing place. Uh, I run a show called The Threshold Podcast, and uh, I like to talk to people about what they believe, what shaped that belief, and why it matters. About 50% of those people are Christians of some stripe, and about 50% of those people are something else. Wiccan, like Wiccan. Uh, atheist, agnostic, Buddhist, Republican. Muslim, Republican. Um, um, secular. Secular has become yep. a big thing lately that people tell me that they are. You have bronies coming on the podcast later, right? I do. Um, we're in touch with the bronies. Cosplay. Yeah. Um, we've bronies. Got a whole, bronies whole US. Thing lined up. Um, yep. Flat Earthers. I would love to have a flat earther on. At bronies some point US in time. So, or Bus for short. The so bronies. the way tonight's Thank show you. is Thank going to work. It's going to be a it's it's a it's a podcast in three acts. It's nothing like This American Life. Um, because uh, I'm sure they've trademarked that, and Ira Glass will come to our houses and punch us in the face. Hi, I'm Ira Glass. <laughs> Bam. Uh, so um, uh, we do have a couple of visual gags planned for the night, so we will need people to help. Which, as you guys know, visual gags are great for podcasts. They're the best thing you can medium. possibly have yeah. um, going on. Um, so we've got, we've we'll have got, someone describe it. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Lake Wobegon or whatever that we're gonna show. We're going to have some live color commentary. Uh, Edmund and I have a boxing challenge later on we're going to do yeah. against each other uh, that I'm very excited to do with Edmund. I'm very excited to boxing challenge. Edmund, For those of you listening at home, there's about, a, I think, a stadium full of people. Yeah, so we're we're it's around, we're on a back patio at a at small brew yeah. pub. Who we're really really glad they had us out. Um, For those of you here. listening at home, I'm going to describe Tony in yeah. th in three acts. Act three one. Acts. Okay. His face here, the head region. You've got some. I don't know if you guys can notice back there, but he's got some mu mustache wax. That's true. Going on. He's kind of turned it up hook style. They, they called it a handlebar mustache. Okay, handlebar mustache. Uh, act term. two. The is this is this um, denim it's not or denim. is it it's, it's or like is it what's that other chambray? Wait, sh what chambray? Believe her, she would know. Yeah, chambray. She's in the VIP seat, so she's very she's That's very true. important. They're very they're into the chambray. And yeah. then Act Three, the colorful pants. Yeah, which. Interesting sock choice. What do pants. you not like that? I feel like that was a good choice. These are blue. Well, just for those of you guys listening at home, they're they're maroonish, reddish pants and blue. But these blue pants socks. carry a a surprise in the third act because they are they're stretchy at the bottom. They're joggers um, yeah. and they're twill joggers, so it's the it's the dress pant of sweatpants. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it makes me feel fancy, even yeah. though I'm not. Um, and so it's something you can easily not shower in for three days or go to church in on Sunday morning. What's the thing you're most afraid of? That's not yet. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, let me describe Edmund in 3X. He's Where'd got, my beer go? He's got a deep, deep V uh, on. It's yeah. the deepest V you've ever seen. You could get lost in that V. Yeah. Um, you, you, can, can uh, you can see his belly button. You can see my sternum. Um, he had his double on earlier, but I made him go change out of it because yep. this is a family show. I mean, and he's got some some green khakis on that are very tight. They're they're not as skin. They're not the skinniest jeans I've ever seen him in. 
Um, but they are they are skinny. And then he's are you sockless or are you just no shows? I'm sockless. Yeah, he's sockless, I'm sockless. Uh, this evening, which is pretty. So we're gonna box later. Yep. Um, but before that, so our show in three acts is about transitions tonight. Um, I've is got anyone a, transitioning right now? Anyone? Aren't we all transitioning? Anyone willing to? We're gonna chat about that. We may we may ask people. Is to anyone share in, in transit? Is anyone in transit? Are you on your way somewhere? Maybe. I mean, we're going to Houston later this week. Okay, there you go. So, um, so, but we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, a little bit about death, a little bit about life, a little bit about change uh, throughout the course of the night during each of the acts. I've got a little poem that'll kick off each one that I I wrote um, because, again, like I feel really self-important. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the biggest thing you regret in life, Tony? Are we there now? Where? And regret? I don't. I don't know. I'm just. You're just you, you, have the flow, you have the flow of the night. I do, but you keep on trying to jump ahead. <clears throat> the biggest thing I regret <laughs> is um, not having the flow of the night in front of you. Yeah, that. Um, I punched a kid on a bus once. Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest thing you regret mm-hmm. in Biloxi, Mississippi. Was this when you were a youth minister? No. Mm-mm. Okay, I was just curious. It's a it's a valid question in this situation. Yeah, I was in fourth grade. Yeah, and I punched a kid right in the stomach. Yeah, and then. Um, that was when I learned that there's cameras on buses, or at least they told us that. I don't know if that's true, but they were like, we have camera footage of this. And Maybe fir- in Biloxi, Mississippi. What? Maybe in Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. They have, well, they have, yeah. Well, yeah. And um, so the, my first impulse was, I want that footage. Right. But then my second impulse was, crap, they caught, they caught me. I punched this kid in the stomach. Yeah. So I got in trouble for that. And the thing I regret most was I was walking in the hallway, and our gym teacher... A very nice old woman. Uh, she didn't know that I got in trouble, but she told me, you know, Edmund, you're a really good kid. And that crushed me. Because yeah. I wasn't, because I punched a kid in the stomach. What does it mean you weren't a good kid? That's pretty bad. It's a bad thing. It doesn't make you a bad kid. Well, I'm not ready. What part of the night are we at? I'm not sure we're at that <laughs> part of the night. Is this you're, the first act still? This is, we're not even in the first act yet. Audience participation. Here we go. <laughs> I like how you just looked at me, just gave me the nod like I had. I yeah, had this that is the part around. where the audience participates. They, where they tell us what they regret the most? That's not the question. Actually, let's go around the room. Everyone share your deepest fear, maybe. Or, or actually, no, no, no. Since we're. Whoa! There are. Oh, that's very important. There are too many. This is a for stadium, those of you listening a, at home. There's a stadium full of people here. Yeah, for those of you listening at, at home, someone was balancing a bunch of uh, plates really high and yeah. they almost fell. There's a lot going on in the background here. There's a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll just go around the room. This will make it a little easier. Maybe we'll just go around the room since we're in front of a lot of people and just share your deepest insecurity. Maybe that. Just get really vulnerable with each other right now. Yeah, let's get real vulnerable. Just everybody towards the microphone, just yell what you feel most insecure about right now. If everyone yells it at the same time, is it, does it count? This is an act of trust. If everybody yells, then no one will know what anybody said. Exactly. We'll turn off all the lights and then everyone just yell. (laughs) Everybody close your (laughs) eyes. And Audience uh, participation. <laughs> so, uh, do we, are we ready to get started? Are we still in the first act? We're not even the in the opener? first act. You have not let me get to the first act yet. Yeah, I think that's my. This is my. So job. when we originally conceived this show, my thought was Edmund would run the first half of the show, and I would run the second half of the show because then there would be clean lines. Nope. And what was happening? And then Edmund kept Ugh. on saying, "So what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing?" And I kept on trying to explain to him, like, we I like were, the we position right now here. that we've kind of found, which is I am the court jester, and you are you're the straight. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's my preference. Yeah, like Mine too. I have a really hard time extroverting. Why well, so do what? I have a hard time extroverting sometimes. Me and too. You have to be able to put yourself out there that way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. My wife had just said you're Dean Martin, and she has a crush on Dean Martin. So I'm a little bit. Your wife just about shouted that out that I'm Dean Martin. Yeah. Man, I missed that. Oh, I'm Dean Martin. No. no. I'm Dean Martin. I'm the straight man. You're uh uh Audrey Hepburn. I'm Sammy Davis. Oh, I'm Sammy Audrey Davis. Hepburn. Sammy yes, Davis. I'm actually like the love child of Sammy Davis. You are, Audrey actually. Audrey Hepburn, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can tell. It's in, the, it's in the eyes. So what happens in the first act, or are we in the opener? In still? the first act, I read a poem. Okay. And then um, we, um, 
we chat a little bit about the biggest transition of our lives. So this is the part where we tell them what we're going to tell them, then we tell them, and then we tell them what, the, what, what they just them. heard. That's okay, gotcha, 100% okay. what we're doing. Right, gotcha. And then the next act is um, about about life, but uh, and of course, a lot of people associate life with whatever they do for a living. So okay. we're talking about job transitions. We're going to play a game and then have intermission. Okay. Um, during and, and the game will take place over intermission. We're going to during the intermission. We're going to have more audience participation. Yeah, and we're going to have some some great music from Levi Levi Bowman. We're going to play Shark Tank. Uh, Basically, you cannot say that on the internet because we will get sued. Trademarked. Those, those guys are happy to sue yeah. people for that. Yeah. Um, and then we are gonna um, we're Litigious. gonna have a special guest at the very end that I'm gonna interview and you're gonna help me with. Yep. And that's gonna go more smoothly than this because that's the section I'm in charge yeah, of. Yeah, that's gonna go very smoothly. It's gonna be like a fine glass of cheap whiskey. So. Huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Joseph, can you hand me one of each of those three cards that are in front of you, please? The, in the box, in the box, in the box. Wait, is this the part where you're going to read the poem? Yeah, we're going to I think you should stand up. I'm going to. And I, th I think I should play some music. Will this let me stand up? Yeah. You're going to play some transition music while Joseph... Oh, no, here, here we go. Here this we go. is a show about transition, All right, so by the way. This is a show about transition. Here we go. Let's get something really... Hi, Kai. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. I like this. So this one... Um, so we have we have three poems. Each one is, is inspired by a Latin phrase. Um, this first one... Wait, I think you should start over, but like, I think you should get very moody. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but, but listen to this. Isn't Hold this on. poem? This is let poetry me, music. Let me, get, let me get really moody. Oh, nice. Tony is Tony is moving his hair down towards his head. Towards my eye. Emo, emo. Okay, wait, wait. Let me introduce you. This is NPR. I am Ira Glass. They're gonna sue us also. Sorry. <laughs> What's the other show with the woman with the soft vo voice? Who's the woman with the soft uh, voice? On? No, I'm not saying This is Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Terry I'm Gross. here with Tony Vicinda, about to perform poetry. This so, You wrote this in third grade, right? No, I heard this is like 2 a.m. the other night because I was like, there's this thing coming up and I should write it okay. home. So if everyone could just close your eyes and listen to this poetry. So this is a, uh, a, a nonet, which means that each line has one less syllable than the line before starting at nine going down to one. It's called Memento Mori. Close your eyes. At some point, at some unknown point, distant or near, your breath will stop, your eyes will dull, and your heart will cease to beat. You are not alone here. I will be there too. Now we can act. Remember, you will die. Great. I feel like that was a really lively, upbeat way to start the show. Yeah, I feel by like telling everybody they're gonna die. I felt like that was really. I think that was a good choice. I think we made a good choice there. I feel. I felt like I needed like an energy stone to be holding, like yeah. holding one of those like energy crystals. Yeah. And then maybe you would just whisper at the end, death, like that. <laughs> and what would happen? What would happen to the energy crystal? No, that's that just point? the energy crystal. It just it uh, cleanses your chakras, I think, or chi or something. something what are like energy that? crystals for? Probably different things. I don't know. Okay. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm, not a I'm not a crystallologist. Okay. So So are we in Act 1 now? We are in Act 1. This is formally Act 1. Okay. Do you have some Act 1 music? Uh, yeah, let's get some Act 1 music. Here we go. So that was our poetry music. Um, how about... Oh, I like that. Is that kind of Act 1? That's, that's just Act 1. That's, one, that's Act 1. Yeah. So um, who have you hurt the most in your life? That's not the question we discussed beforehand. Okay. But you, probably. Me? No, that's not true at all. Okay. So it, I, I actually believe that the people we hurt the most are the people that we're closest to, who we love the most, and who love us the most. That just sounds like you watched a Pixar movie. No, I just think there's more of a capacity. So the more I care about you, the more importance I assign to your opinion or your thought, okay. the more likely it is that I will be injured or hurt by you within that. Okay. And so, um, I, unfortunately, the person I've probably hurt the most is my wife and kids. Ooh. I think because of that. Yeah. Though, potentially, my parents would be close in the running on that. People you've hurt the let's most? Let's just ask. They're all here right now. So let's just ask my kids, have I hurt you the most, or my parents the most, or your mom the most? <laughs> so I'm saying, all right, mom and dad, who have I hurt the most? You guys, Trisha, or my kids? They're just mortified. My little brother says him. My wife, wife, you probably know this the best. Who have I hurt the most out of the three groups of people that I mentioned? I feel. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my parents have technically had the longest potential to be hurt. But your so, parents uh, can really hurt you. I mean, your parents can... I mean, I'm still working through... Yeah, like, I'm still working through parental hurt. My parents were pretty awesome. I just spilled alcohol on myself. That's okay. It's part of the night. It's part of the transition. So what's the... Edmund, this is the actual question we're supposed to be discussing. Okay. We're going to need to get through pretty quick. All right. Because we've got Anthony coming up right after Is someone this. keeping track of time? Uh, I am trying to mentally. Okay. They're all looking at us. Is that I mean, supposed started, to be happening we started right a now? Little late. They, that is supposed to be happening. They're That's, all looking at us When you do right a podcast now. in person, this is one of the things wow, that takes so place. That's so weird. Okay. So, um, that looks like a great burger. Okay, what's the question? Give me the question. What's the biggest transition you've ever been through in life? Okay, so imagine this. You're in a dark room. What? Uh, close. Imagine this. You're, you're in darkness. You've never seen light. Suddenly, waves of right pressure and then if everyone could just put their hands on the crown of their head right here just just pressure like this <laughs> i really want to just everyone do it just everyone put your hands like try try this it's a nostalgic feeling once once you do it the first time you put your hands so edmund right now you is could describe his, this at home he's putting his hands okay. on top of his head and the top of your head and you just his press very towards the nape of his neck and, and his, his fingers your, on the crown of his head in kind of a diamond shape you tuck your chin under and he's pushing himself through them his hands, his fingers, he's pushing himself through. Okay. <laughs> down around his neck and, then, and, and down on. past his body. And it just just that easily and quickly, right? Yeah, it was very quick. A very, very quick process. And what what is what is that what is that biggest what was that big transition that you just visually physically acted out? Well, it feels like eighth grade, but it was not. It was birth, actually. Birth. Yeah. yeah. The big from from in the womb to out of the womb? Yes. Although my my third son my third son, it looked like this. This is my impression of my third son being born. Edmund's now going to act out his third son. Okay, this is my third son being, being born. born. And it was a huge surprise to all of us. I mean, all Him of us being present. born? Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I figured you had nine months of buildup at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, Our third son. So the normal normal transition of a baby outside of the I'm womb so glad your wife looks like this. Right it looks like this. Right? So we got that one. But my son Elijah came out like this. Edmund's got his hand in front of his face in a similar fashion, and he's coming out face first. So face first. But it was a surprise because at first his forehead was coming out, and I'm like, okay, that's the top of his head. Like, I'm thinking that that's fine, right? So, like, the forehead was coming out. So we've had all of our births at home in houses because uh, we do the midwife thing. Right. Which makes us feel better than everyone. That's the yeah, only reason. One of your do. ways to feel yeah. superior to everybody else. Um, so I've seen. A, I uh, up until this point, I had seen, I had seen three three heads come out. Three, yeah, three heads come out. But this one was different because suddenly, you know, like, and there's a lot of confusion going on. But the forehead was coming out, and then suddenly there was like squinty eyes. But I was thinking maybe those are some type of skin fold or something. But then once the real the real. The second act, if you will, was when the nose came, because the nose came and it was like it was like someone had um, scuba goggles on. Yeah. It was like I was like, that's not supposed to. He's not supposed to come nose first. So, I think I peed a little at that point, and then uh, our and our midwife hadn't made it to our house yet, so we were going like, I mean, it was just me and my wife. And Elijah. These are so powerful. So I was a little nervous. I was like. It's not supposed to come out that way, um, but he's fine. He's it's fine. Good to know. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm excited. I'm happy for you. Yeah. So that's a transition that, if you're ever like home by yourself and you're just looking in the mirror, just kind of touch the crown of your head and just send shivers of nostalgia through your through your body. Through your body. Yeah. It's awesome. So that's my story. You're supposed to ask me the same question now. Uh, when were you born? What was that like? <laughs> Highly, highly pleasant. Yeah. I will tell you this. I was born at home, much like your son. Really? Yeah, I don't remember much about it. I don't. I can't go into my mind palace. Okay. There's probably no one here out. that remembers it. Um, yeah. There's. Well, my dad raised his hand quicker than my mom did, which was very, mm. very interesting. Um, you were the firstborn? I'm the secondborn. My older sister, who's here also, she's okay. the one who, who okay. was on, on point with her fabric game So earlier. you really can't brag that much because it was probably a little easier for you than it was oh, for um, I don't know. My mom, I will say this. I, my sister was a little bit more blessed than I was because my mom tried to bake a birthday cake for her while she was in labor. Oh, I'm pretty wow. sure that was Cammy. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was Cammy. Yeah. So she was like okay. nesty and hardcore and like, it's the birthday of the baby. I have to make a cake and was yeah. very upset that she uh, she could not make the cake in time. I think. Or did it, did the cake get made? 
The cake got made. It was okay. it delicious, Dad. It was excellent. It was an um, excellent. And cake. so, um, but uh, I was born. Okay. I was very large. Uh, me and my sister were almost eleven pounds, right? Just wait. Me. You and your sister were both eleven pounds. Uh, no, apparently just me. Apparently, I'm the fatty. Eleven pounds. Almost eleven pounds. Wow. I was I was near eleven. But I was I was two weeks late. Well, but it goes with your personality type. You were probably stubborn. You were just in there soaking up all the nutrients. I was taking all the nutrients I could in as much time as I possibly were you could. Late? I was were like, you late? I was like, I'm living rent free right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so yeah. there's no reason to you walked to out. move. I almost, you walked out. And so, your dad was like, "There's the kitchen. There's the fridge. <laughs> right. the, you can make your own birthday cake." Yeah. Okay. Um, the uh, I had to I had to go to um, I had to go to the hospital though right after I was born for for therapy uh, for therapy. Yeah, because it's a traumatic. I was old experience. enough to remember that trauma. No. Yeah. Um, I had something where I couldn't keep liquids down, and I had to go back in, and it was very oh, scary wow. for my parents. And then they did home birth for those two, and then the next ones they had at the hospital. We've got new guests coming in. Hey, guys. Welcome, everyone. Going? In the middle of this stadium full of people, we can still tell when new people walk in. It's really yep. Drinks it's are on him. Yeah, so. Drinks are on him all um, night. The uh, the reality is, though, that that was the case. So, but um, you're supposed to ask me the biggest transition I've ever had in my life. What's the biggest transition you've had? Are we in Act 1 still? We Well, we're, I'm trying to get through it quick, but you All are right. not cooperating. What is the biggest transition that you've ever under undergone, underwent as a... As a person, right? Um, I I could say moving to Seattle, but that would not be true. But it seems like a bigger moving life to choice. Seattle from where? Because if you move to Seattle, Texas. Oh yeah, that's a big transition. Where we at, where we're at right now? I used to live in behind Small Brew Pub um, in the stadium out here. Oh wow. um, no, I, I grew up in Allen, Texas. Moved to Seattle. Okay. Um, but uh, the biggest one actually was marriage. Here's the thing about marriage: people do this thing before you get married. If you're not married out there, um, they they walk up and they ask you this question. They say, um, uh, "Are you ready?" Like right, and the and the if it's it's for a lot of people, if it's your first time to get married, how do you answer that question? Like, are you ready? Like, it's like you, I've never been married. I've never before. been married before. No before, clue. Right? Yeah. Um, and even if you've been married before, I think that most people like to think their their next marriage is maybe probably either hopefully their last one, right? Yeah. Um, and so like the the concept is, I think we always want to think our relationships are getting better or improving. But for your first marriage, how do you how do you answer the question? This thing I've never done before that will fundamentally change my life and my relationship with everyone um, that will will join me to another person um, I believe not just legally but in this this deeper sense um, are you ready to be married are you ready and I, I, overwhelmingly like the answer is like as as much as I can be I hope right? when did people ask you that like right before you walk out onto the altar yeah like that's horrible like don't I'm, ever do that yeah like don't ever a, do yeah. that and the priest said, "Like the priest said, are you sure?" I'm just kidding. <laughs> he didn't say that. Uh, yeah, right after your vows, my, my, right, my, right, right after your wife's vows, the priest looks at you and is like, "Are you sure?" About uh, that? My mom, my mom tried to talk my wife out of marrying me, not for not because she doesn't love my wife, but because she does. No, she loves me very much too. Okay, um, but because um, she's like she could do better. Like, I and mean, that was that was a pretty well. But here's here's a life hack. Message. I think all parents should try to talk their kids out of getting married because Why? true love can stand any test. Including, including fighting with including your, your own parents, going don't don't you're making the biggest mistake of your is that, life. Is that going to be your strategy? Yeah, and then on their one year anniversary, I'll be like, remember all that stuff on how I said I didn't like that guy, and you shouldn't marry him, and this is the worst mistake of your life, and how I like marched out of the wedding and threw someone over and cried and screamed and then left. It was all to test the marriage, and you've succeeded. Yeah, and you've won. What what's the prize you're going to give your your kids at that point? Uh. You know, true love. <laughs> I mean, they, they will have, they will know, they will have the confidence that they have true love. That's awesome. Yeah. What if that? What? Yeah, that's true. Then that. What if they're doing it just to spite you? Yeah, that would, like, only, that would only. I wasn't make, sure I wanted to do this until my dad said no. So my dad was like, "Don't you marry that man from the other side of the tracks? He's so, bad business." Yeah. And then she's like, "I will marry him." And then, that, then that's. I you're like, your first baby girl, right? Yeah, I had my first baby girl. That's a, that's also a transition. Oh, just like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, just like two weeks ago. I was I, there I'm for so that. I'm so used to you, your wife being pregnant, like coming up. Yeah, for actually, the last, for the last year, and most, now she is no longer pregnant. Most of my coworkers didn't notice she was pregnant, and then when they found out, they were like, "When'd she do?" And I was like, "In two weeks." And they were like, "Wow, okay." So that happened fast. Yeah. You guys must be taking steroids. We're or on something. the accelerated program. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so something about Dallas water, man. So we're successfully two thirds of the way through Act One. Okay, thanks. Um, thanks for the so update. So up, update. Um, we we do, we do have a special guest to close out Act One. Okay. 
Um, his name is Anthony D'Ambrosio. Huh? Oh, okay. He's going to be our closing act of Act 1. He's going to be our closing, not our closing act of Act 1. Our closing scene for Act One. Okay, that's how that's how it plays. How work. are we gonna call him? Oh up? man! Ooh, party foul! Party foul! Opa! Last breaking. All right, um, we're gonna call him up like this. Everybody, uh, we're excited to introduce you to Anthony D'Ambrosio. Everyone, give a warm welcome for. Clap loudly! Clap loudly and scream! Yeah. Okay, here, wait, brass band? Yeah, I was promised a brass band. Nope, that's not a brass band. That's not a brass band. We're, we're working on it. I don't know. We, right, right. Yeah, right, sorry. We'll so uh, this is our, our good friend Anthony uh, D'Ambrosio. He's one of the, as you guys may or may not know, this people Oh, I just want to eat you up. Are, are the superior uh, people standing in front of the room right now. Anybody not named Anthony or Tony <laughs> is, uh, is struggling. It's a good, it's a good so Anthony, uh, Anthony is a pretty accomplished poet, uh, more so than I am. He doesn't just jam him out at 2 a.m. in the morning. He, he pretty much, he's on that poetry hustle. Is that a thing? Or is, is, poetry hustle, yeah, it's a hustle. Um, and so he's going to share a little bit of a poem he did about, about uh, transition. Oh, it's not about, it's one that fit in well with the theme that he had already had composed. Here you go. Should we, uh, does he need theme music or? No, silence, man. Okay, silence. Silence. Sorry. Okay, cool. Great. This is called The Colossus. <clears throat> so now the proud Irishman's shoulders bend forward, as if his age made him somehow so much taller that he must look down on the world, and he stoops to reach it, humped back, craned neck to view all this place from which he is ascending. What do you see from the atop of that mountain of years? Are all our chaotic fields from your height neat squares and circles? Your hands once tested my manhood with a shake of mine, impossible hardness to which I could only aspire. And then I arrived at your house and I, I thought that you were becoming smaller. My teacher told me that when people get old, their bones lose calcium and shrink, and that was why they stoop. But I told her, no. No, Miss Jones, it's not his bones, it's the whole world that's shrinking. Fists which cracked the jaws of young contenders tremble while holding his fork. No, when his wife feeds him a blueberry and a drop of navy juice clings to his white mustache, it might as well be an ocean, for he has seen and tasted it all. And the berry might as well have been the whole planet viewed from his distance, for he has eaten all of it that he is needed, beginning when the first birthday cake he ever had, when she made it for him on their second date. And now when he takes her her pills at night, he peers at them through a magnifying glass so that he can see their microscopic letters and numbers and names. Everything is farther and farther away. Everything except the silent sun that from the inside draws him up and further in until he has grown so colossal that his weight is too much for the lazy boy recliner in which he now snores and his spirit crashes through the floor of the universe. The poetry of blood circling through miles of veins to find again, to find again the heart from which it rushed is the same poetry of the young man who rises to his grandfather's chiseled height is the same as the circles which spin with planets, hurtling, hurtling towards the sun to boomerang around just once more, drawing smaller and smaller whirls closer to the center of the conch. That is it. That stadium for the people it's all stopped really quickly there right afterwards. Yeah, they're very synchronized. Thank that you, Anthony. Everybody give him another round of applause. That was intense, Anthony. I like that. A round of I applause like for my wife. She cleaned up the the broken cup, also too. And so, all right, that was Act One. How would Act One go, guys? Yeah, I was excited so far. I think that's, it's only going to get better from here. I think, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So, um, we've only just begun to live. White lace and promises. You know what I found at the bottom of my beer? What did you find at the bottom of your beer? Bugs. There's gnats in the bottom of my beer. 
was that your beer specific? Maybe yeah. that, and that could be that could be a, par- a special part of like the brew. Like oh, it's like way. the Mexican tequila. There's a worm at the bottom. Yeah, but you, that's how you know the beer is is fresh. Yeah. So what happens in Act Two? So Act Two, we're going to talk a little bit about um, about life. Have you ever lied? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, actually, uh, I am I am kind of well known in my family. We had an extensive conversation about this last night. As a liar? As somebody who you can oftentimes not tell whether they are telling the truth about something or not. I have the same problem. An innocuous question. There were a couple of them last night that I just kind of went on, and like half the time I was telling the truth and half the time I wasn't. My little brother was was commenting on this. So the night. problem with when that is your type of humor, the problem the problem is when you are saying something true that is also incredulous, people don't believe you. You're right. like, oh, you're just doing one of those jokey joke things again. And you're like, no, I'm I'm serious. I did do that. Right. Well, I don't lie about things I've done typically. Okay. I'm not, what, I'm not a boaster. What kind I, of I like to add in. Uh, I mean, I am, but only about things I've actually done. Uh, I like to add in. Uh, I, I like. I to just want the people at home to know that everyone laughed when Tony said he's not a boaster. It's true. Well, the whole know, audience. Only laughed. about things I've done. So yeah. um, the the reality is, like, I will add in things like, oh, the gnats in your beer are there, just like the worm in the bottom of a bottle of tequila to yeah. help you know how fresh it is. That's the kind of thing okay. I would say. So you're like you're like the well-actually guy yeah. in the office. And so, or not even the well-actually guy. Like sometimes Oscar, like Oscar from The Office. Sometimes it's a, um, like, I'm trying to convince somebody of the idea that I have and try to provide, hey, this is why we should do it. And so yeah. um, a, a fact I feel like could be true uh, might make it into my argument uh, okay. as for why that that would be the case. So okay. why we should put gnats in the bottom of our beer at our mi- at our you know our microbrewery would be to make sure that people know it's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And or just because I think it'd be funny if that actually happened. Yeah. I might try to convince someone to do it. Um. So that so that I could laugh. I think that's called a unique value proposition. Is that uh, yeah unique value? Yeah. Proposition. So if your beer has bugs in the bottom, it's a unique value proposition. Yeah. Which I want to point out for anybody listening to this, visit Small Brew Pub. Um. I do not think the gnats are. In the bottom of their beer for any sort of taste thing. I don't no, think it's that normal. was not because we're outside. Yeah, I do that was be not the clear. fault of this stand-up establishment. The, uh, that was totally from being outside. Yeah, so um, and taking so, too long to finish my beer. There we go. Act two is Act two the part where we talk about those beef belly sliders. They were delicious, they were, and they are delicious. We're gonna get some more. They in were a little so bit. delicious. Um, I didn't try them. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we kept on eating them and describing them to you. And yeah, you guys looked the, very delicious yeah. eating them. Yeah, we, we looked very delicious. Yeah. Mm, good to know. Um, so, act two. Uh, Do you think if you crash landed on a mountain and a hockey team, the entire hockey team died? Yeah. Yeah. Would you resort to cannibalism? I mean, why is it a hockey Do you think team? you could? I don't think I'd have to. I mean, I'd have all their hockey skates. I'd build a giant skate sled and just make my way down the mountain on my own. But if you couldn't, I could though. Like, do you? Th- but do you think? I mean, we've already established I don't boast. I mean, if I'm telling you this, it's true. Okay. All right. Act two. Uh, is, uh, we're going to start with a poem called "Memento Vire." Uh, wait, I'm not good with Latin. You went to Franciscan. Okay. Oh, Memento. Hey. Oh, hey. see what I did there. Hit close that was home. funny to like two people in the audience. Uh, I can't read that. Okay. Memento vivere? Vivere. Yeah. Vivere. We'll go with that, right? Does that mean remember you're alive? Remember you're alive, right? So the I first just, one was remember you're alive. I just that. Dead. I did not know that. Remember you're alive. Thanks, and public so school. This is this is a tricube, which means it's three stanzas with Oh, wait, three you're about lines. to perform poetry. Three stanzas, three lines, three syllables in each one. This is a show about poetry. Well, we have a lot of poetry in this show. Are you going to stand up this time, Mr. I'm Slam not going poetry? to. Why not? I don't know. You didn't like how it felt last time? It felt weird. How about I perform it? Sure. Okay. Which one? That's all three of those. That's that's the poem. This is the poem. That's it, right there. You're gonna make me say this. Uh, you don't have to. I'll okay. do it. But you should. Should move I do it with? Way. Should I do it with a sound? With sound? I like how you're the one who keeps on looking. Yeah, absolutely. You should. Should I do whatever it with moves us along? No, not that. How about? How my about shows. I feel like my shows are too long at an hour. Oh, I'm gonna let you go. <clears throat> okay, so I'm performing this, right? Mm-hmm. All right. This is, this is my impression of Tony performing a poem he wrote last night. And what, what was the theme of this po- poem? Remember, remember you are alive. Okay. It's pretty clear when you get into it. That this is a name. eulogy that Tony wrote for a funeral. From the start, remember to live well. In the space in between, remember. Remember to live well until you are. There's a lot of 
lot of sta- the, the thunderous applause that's happening right now is that worked. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's snapping. It's snapping. Um, that worked. I took a master class on poetry. Taught by Tony Vicenda. Yeah, it was great. Masterclass on reading poetry as Tony Vicenda taught by Tony Vicenda. Yeah. So, um, so this one, um, we uh, we were gonna ask the question, um, uh, what a uh, what's the big like what like what's your job like what do you do like what's your job like? like oh, you and I have job? similar jobs. So I recently had a transition in my job. Right. So I transitioned out of youth minister. I'd been a youth minister for seven years and transitioned out of it mm-hmm. into um, just. In charge of everything. Being the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And what's that been like? Uh, it's been kind of scary because when you have a job where there's no clear... Like, I don't come in and there's not, like, a line of ten wrenches or a line of ten nuts with a wrench, and then I just, like, go down each line. Like I do want you to know that's not a job anyone actually has. I don't know, man. I think that might be a job. <laughs> So I I don't have one of those jobs. Okay. One of those titular classic jobs where someone just comes in and just like cranks, you know. Cranks nuts. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it's like a very vague, it's just kind of like, hey, you have this vague, you know, job mi- mission, this vague uh, definition of success, which is that an entire church would be operating well, whatever that means. Right. So it's been really weird. It's been okay. odd. And you used to work with young people. Now you work with adults. Yeah. So I used to work youth ministry, and yeah, now basically I'm with adults. Do you feel like an adult? No, I look twelve. That's true. If you guys I can't, can't grow see, facial hair on we've tried 90% so hard. Of my face. We've tried so yeah. hard to help him grow facial yeah. hair. Like, I'm I on, got in there and pushed. Guys. I'm on a daily. <laughs> I'm on a daily uh, regimen of bull shark testosterone, and still nothing. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part about bull shark testosterone? I think sourcing it myself, I think, is actually <laughs> the most fun part. Because you really just get in there. It takes a lot of forearm strength. Yeah. Which I have. And you're, and you're, and you're milking the, the bull shark, right? <laughs> yeah. Basically. They, you know, what's interesting about bull sharks, they have very tiny udders. <laughs> the, the tiniest of well, udders. Well, because a bull shark, evolution has caused bull sharks to be just like, like a bullet through the water. Because they used to be bulls and yes. cows, and now yes. they're sharks, yes, but yes, a lot yes. of people don't So know. they evolved from, from bulls. The you know dairy bulls and then but but the water has evolution has caused them to be more bullet shaped and so whereas you would expect a very large udder it would slow them down right the the co- coefficient of drag and they're also they're also angled backwards to help yes to help so the the uh, the bull shark udders are they're angled backwards um, so you normally distract them with some type of like yeah. you know. So, television show or something. Yeah. So Edmund and I only talk like once a year when we do a live podcast. That's when we catch up on life. And uh, yeah. No. We, so we talk every once in a, like we we don't talk for like a month or two, and then we have like a two hour conversation about all of our existential crises, usually yeah. involving work and family. Yeah. Is anyone else depressed? Um, <laughs> uh, and cool. we catch up on it. Right. Um, but the the big thing is um, like I remember one time we were talking and you had just transitioned into that role. I yeah. transitioned into a similar similar role at my job where mm-hmm. I used to work with youth. Now I work with adults. Yeah, um, I, I had to make a lot of important decisions about the, a community of people. Yeah, um, it's the exact same job. I'm trying to make it sound different, but we ha- went through almost the exact same mm-hmm. job change. Um, and I remember like basically the conversation. This is one of the most standout conversations in my in my mind that we've ever had. And I quote it to other people all the time. Did any of you guys quote yourself? Like, does anybody else do no, that? No, I think that's just you. I think you. Just... I, I quote my like, but I put it in presentations, and if I'm repeating something I've said that I thought was especially witty, you I will quote yourself. I will put my name underneath it. Like, oh, that's man. a quote from Tony Vicenda. It's a whole new level. Um, and so, whole new but I'll, level I'll own it. Like everybody, everybody in the stadium just groaned. Like you could see, yeah. everybody just got really uncomfortable. A few people threw up. Uh, <laughs> so, um, one of them was my wife. Into that someone was the else's worst cup. Part. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, but uh, I remember you were asking the question like, what if, what if what I'm doing is completely wrong? What if what I'm doing doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Like, what if what I'm like, what if what if these decisions or these plans or these things we think are actually helping people are actually like hurting them? Right. Yeah. Do you remember what I said? It was very wise. Uh, you said uh, uh, you said, don't think that. And uh, uh, if you do, I'll shame you. Yeah, that was it. You yeah, said lots you, of. Shame. Yeah. You said, don't don't think that more bull shark testosterone. It's doing something on the computer there. Oh, soundboard quit unexpectedly, but that's OK. OK, so. um so no, I said this is the thing. Like we, we have to build either way. Like we can't just sit there and do yeah. nothing. We know nothing will fail. We know not yeah. doing something will fail. 
So we have to move forward. Like, and I think that's a really, like for me, that's really, it was a really important realization. Like I didn't realize what I was saying at the time, but it really, it hit me. I don't know if it hit you at all. Like, I don't know if it was important. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain jobs where you're just like launching a rocket into space and it's pretty clear whether or not it succeeds. Right. Right. And then there's, there's certain jobs like, I don't know, like teaching or like teaching or jobs that are more ambiguous that right. you're, you're not sure i mean you won't know for 20 years whether or not right you were successful and that brings a lot of anxiety and stress and late nights right so but, but here's my thing so i think, poor I think drinking what, habits i think yeah poor drinking or you know extensive drinking habits yeah extensive drinking. um so one of the things that stands out to me about that though was really just kind of the understanding of does anyone here have a job where they feel like the definition of success of their job is very vague oh yeah Wait, does anybody here have a job where they don't feel that way? Where they like, no, I've been successful. Oh my gosh, you oh, guys wow. are so. Does anyone have so a job? Lucky. Well, does anyone have that that very common job? Where uh, there's there's a, there's a, there's a married couple in the front row where the wh the husband raised his hand for. Oh, yes, I know. And the no, I do not. And it was the look that he got when he raised his hand was like, you're dead but to me. I'm right sure now. someone. I'm sure someone here has one of those jobs where you come into work and there's just ten nuts lined up and you just have a wrench to just. Does anybody have that job? Does anyone have that job? Liter ten literal nuts oh, wow. and, and a wrench. Wow, awesome. Someone's someone's lying just to make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Because she also definitely raised her hand for I don't have that kind of job earlier. Okay. And so. Yeah. Um. So. So no, I, I think one of the things that that kind of we we have this anxiety. We have this like, is this working? Is this not? That comes up, but um, which I just want to say, one of the best definitions of anxiety. <laughs> I just want to say one of the best definitions of anxiety I've ever come across. So fear is there's a bear in the room. Do you get that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't. Do be they afraid, have bears in Seattle? They do. That's big ones. They don't have bears in Texas, in the room, right? but we're not afraid of them. Okay. Uh, no, I mean like actual bears. No, yeah, we're not afraid of them. Okay, I'm not like. That's not like a pejorative term yeah, or anything. Yeah, I know. Okay. I just said, yeah. So, like, fear is there's a bear in the room. Anxiety is there might be a bear in the room. Right. Do you get that? I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I just said the difference between What were you saying song. before? So, anyways, there's, are you, are you going to let me get through this time? Or are you gonna, Maybe, yeah. We'll find out. Right. Let's go on this journey together. Um, so Anxiety. So, you have a lot of anxiety. So, we all have these anxieties, right? Yeah. Uh, there's this Walker Percy quote that is, if all your problems, if all your anxieties, if everything you worried about at three o'clock this afternoon were taken care of, if the if the ultimate question you had in life was resolved, what would you do at four o'clock? Right. So if all your worries disappeared, what would you do an hour later? Take a nap. Take a nap. Yeah, that'd be a good one. But the, the concept is kind of go do that. Like, don't worry about these things. Act mm. in a way as if these things had were going to be resolved. But I also realize there's kind of this other side to that quote where those are the things a lot of the times of life. Not that we're supposed to be anxious or we're supposed to be fearful, but a lot of those anxieties are actually not just a thing we think about, but they are actually sometimes the substance of, of our working our way through the world. Yeah. And so if those were all gone, like what would life be like? And so I think there's an important understanding about the difference between what are things I should set aside and move beyond because they're not worth worrying about. And what are the things that are actually the substance of my life and the working on them, the doing of them, uh, some of these ambiguous things that we do for a living, right? That we don't know. Those things aren't aren't these anxieties that we should just put to the side and act as if they don't matter. They're things that we're passionately pursuing in hopes of a higher end. Mm. And if those resolved themselves, then we would oftentimes find ourselves without some sense of purpose from them. Like I don't, I don't minister to people because um, I think the sales pitch of Jesus loves you is you do it especially for the, easy. You do it for the salary. I do it for the huge salary. The yeah. I saw uh, you drive up in that should test. I, should, I, should I make the obligatory the retirement jokes? The retirement plan is out of this world joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I see it grown. Um, so the um, Tony pulled up in a Tesla, by the way. I did. It's a, one of he the was new asleep. experimental he was ones. Not, he was knocked out completely. It's the robot Tesla. It was auto driving. Yeah. yeah. And so, but these are these are important things, and they're kind of the substance of, of what we does, do. Does does transition make you anxious? Yeah, like because it's ultimately the question of will this work? And yeah. transition in ultimately implies a lot of things. Now, I am change oriented. What does that mean? Like, I like things to change. I like things to move. I like things to grow. I like things to be different. Yeah. But I want I do that in hopes that they're better. Mm. Um, so I like them to build on what's come before and have this the substance and the structure of that, but evolve into a newer, better version of what it was. So if we like change seats, would that tickle your uh, change uh, attitude fancy? If we like change seats? I, I, we could, but I'd be worried about operating the computer. Okay, don't do that. Yeah. So, um, are we at the end of Act 2? We are coming close to the end of Act 2. Okay. So at the end of Act 2, we're going to have intermission. 
which is where we get to drink oh, more. Oh, audience participation. Uh, I don't. I think we're going to pass on that because of time. We can talk about that later. Okay, let's talk about that later. Um, but uh, we, uh, we are going to have. Mi- I mean, the ten minute intermission. We, we can have do. a guest musical act. Is Levi nearby? Is Dan nearby? Did they abandon us? Levi just waved and he's like, "I'm out. I'm. I'm not a part of this." It's hard to see him in the crowd. The sea of people. So, there's a throng of. We were going to have. A, we were going to have a brass band um, who was going to like come in and play for us. We were very excited about it. But they uh, transitioned out. They transitioned the- out. No, the trumpet player transitioned to being unwell. Levi, you're up soon. You ready? Do we now we're plugging you in? Warm up the records. Warm up the records. Get them ready. So um, get those eight tracks. So out. and and I was on the phone with uh, with Levi's dad Dan, who's one of the owners here, and I was like, he was helping organize the music, and he said the trumpet guy can't can't do it, so we don't have the brass band. And I he, he was late getting on the call. He was like, I was listening to Levi. He had just made some EDM. I was like, oh, Levi can just do do What's music. What's EDM? For us. Electronic dance music. Um, okay. And so as I was, opposed to analog dance, dance music, music. Yeah, okay. correct. Uh, and so I was like, I was like, Levi can just do it. He was like, okay, well, we'll try to find another trumpeter. And I think he just didn't think I was serious because um, I'm sure he didn't doubt Levi's talent. Um, and so um, then like later he's like, oh, we can't find a trumpeter. I was like, that's okay. We'll just have Levi do music. So Levi is uh, is the same age as one of my sons. We're, we're friends with his parents. We've been friends from way back. We haven't seen them in quite a few years because we live in Seattle now. Um, I haven't seen him since he was like six and he's Levi. Are you thirteen now? Man, he's been doing EDM for a long. He's time. been he's an EDM prodigy. Wow, since um, he was six. Uh, though he is not a member of Prodigy, I do want to clarify. Like, mm. I don't want any confusion. Um, and so he's going to come up during our intermission and do a little bit of. Uh, do I think a bit we of music could do the us. intermission plan. I think we need to make sure we're we're moving forward. Okay. So, I mean, just give just give people you know, ten minutes to pitch your thing. No, it's okay. Okay. All right. All right. I like how we're figuring this out in front of everybody. This is, a live, this this is a live podcast. You're driving this boat. All right, Levi, where, where are you at? How are, we, how are we making this work? So you don't know? Why don't you tell everyone... Come, you want to come up here? Right, will you come up here even if you don't want to? I don't think we have... A, Do we know where Dan is? I think maybe he doesn't know what the setup is for the EDM. You're getting him. Trisha's Trisha's going to work on that with you in just one Why second. Why don't you explain to everyone what the rest of this trip is going to seem like? So after we come back from intermission, uh, we're going to have special guests. I have another poem I'm going to read. Uh, we're going to have a special guest, um, uh, Father Russ, who is the pastor at St. Elizabeth of Hungary, which is actually just like right which down is the street. The most baller name of a parish I've ever heard. Why is that? It just sounds awesome. St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Of Hungary, yeah, because you're like you're you're listening to it like okay, St. Elizabeth, and you're thinking maybe of Seton. Or St. Elizabeth. So and Seton, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Of, wait, Ann Seton or of Seton? Ann Seton. St. Elizabeth Ann of Seton? Nope. Okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> Still a cool name. <laughs> I mean, how often do you think of the country Hungary? I mean, every time I'm a little bit peckish. Okay. So is Dan back there now? I'm back here now. Do we know how we're plugging this in? Okay. So we can unplug the computer real Take quick. It. There Take may it. be some audio pop here. 